0: Hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Enlightened Conversations. I have a beautiful, wonderful special guest with me today, J.P. Sears, who I consider a real soul brother with a mission to evolve the planet to higher vibrational frequencies in such creative ways, and I really honour his purpose and why he's here, why he's doing what he's doing. And I really want to say that when we find our groove in this life, when what we're here for matches Uh, the way, the creative way in which we can express that, which is fantastic. We all have an opportunity to reach a lot of people with ease because we feel like we're in the flow. Now, I feel like JPCs is one of those people Uh, He's a true inspiration to me and it's my honour and privilege to welcome him on the show. For those of you who don't know JP, he's an emotional healing coach, a YouTuber, an author, an international teacher, speaker at events, a world traveller and curious student of life. I love that. We all are, aren't we? He works um, with empowering people to live more meaningful lives and JP is the author of How To Be Ultra Spiritual, which is um, being released on the 7th of March through Sounds True Publishing. So we're really, it's, now it's the 10th of March which is being aired, so it's well and truly out there, everybody. So grab yourself a copy, you'll have a great giggle and you might get in along the way. Um, and for those of you who haven't seen his YouTube sensational videos, he's actually, uh Put, it, put together a wonderful, uh, entertaining, informative videos, um, a comedy series called Ultra Spiritual, how to be ultra spiritual, and it's, he's had over a hundred million views. So, gosh, what does this man doesn't do? What does, does he not do? I, I don't know, it's just amazing. Welcome, JP. Oh,
1: Thank you, Michelle. I'm happy to be here and I appreciate the wonderful introduction. I heard you call me beautiful and special. I've been called worse things in my life, and those were actually <laughs> wonderful words, uh, Therese. So thank you for having me on, sister.
0: You're welcome. Look, you know what? I, why don't you straighten your hair? I straightened my hair for you. I was hoping for the hairband and the straight hair. What's going on?
1: Yeah, well, apparently you weren't hoping hard enough. Uh, your <laughs> ability to use the law of attraction is clearly just not very effective, Michelle.
0: <laughs> I don't straighten my hair, by the way. This is just... <laughs> <what>? <laughs> This is mostly air dried. I, the reason why I think is if I, if I blow dry it too much, I find it gets too dry. So I just tend to kind of give it a bit of a blow dry and then let the, let the, let the air and the atmosphere do the rest.
1: Yeah, I like that where the, the earth becomes like your hairstylist, the atmosphere in the earth. I like that. Yeah, I was uh, actually in the infrared sauna and then I had to do a shower real quick before you and I jumped on the air. So yeah, I, I have not had a chance to beautify myself.
0: I think it's awesome that you've made time for me after hours I never I, I don't really you know record after hours with people I mean I feel really special but you'll put it time aside for me well you
1: are special there's two reasons why we're doing this after hours first and foremost is because you are so special second reason is I'm a workaholic I work all the time so but really I can't stress enough it's really mostly because you're so special Michelle
0: Oh, thank you. I'm sure I'd do an after-hours show too, if you twisted my arm. <laughs> um, I, I, I wanted to talk something... Oh, usually, I'm not, I don't have anything to say before my shows because usually a lot of it just comes through. But today, I went for my jog this morning and... Um, <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I was actually, like, getting jokes to tell you. Um, <laughs> this has never happened to me. I'm jogging along and I'm getting jokes dropping in going, hmm, this is funny. Um, I was laughing at them. Now, I know a lot of my jokes are very Phil Gumphy, so I I own the dad joke, you know. But I I don't know, I gotta tell them. So um, I don't even know if I can remember them, but I'll try.
1: Well, I'd love to hear as much as you can remember. I've got both my ears open.
0: All right, so for those of you who don't know what a spiritual blonde is, sorry, we can't explain it to you until after the joke. So you might have to rewind and then you'll get the jokes better. Okay. So what do you call an ultra, what do you call a spiritual blonde?
1: That is a good question, Michelle.
0: Yes. Oh my God. You got it. (laughs) So you're the joke maker. You know that, you know, the punchline before you even get the Jokes. Well, who do,
1: you, who do you think telepathically communicated the joke to you in the first place?
0: <laughs> yeah, I was telling you.
1: <laughs> I feel like I've evolved to become your spirit animal.
0: Oh, my God. That's, that's well, wait, wait till you hear this next joke because that's too, it's, it's a bit close to, okay. So what do you call, when, when you combine Michelle Lightworker with JPCs?
1: Hmm, it's a good question. I'm Michelle, uh, Michelle. I'm going to have to plead the fifth on this, which is a US amendment. That means I have nothing to say. I don't know. I'd love to hear it.
0: Oh, good. Okay. (laughs) You get an ultra spiritual blonde ginger
1: but how how did i not see that
0: (laughs) or you could say an ultra spiritual ginger blonde i mean that probably flows
1: better i think yeah that with ginger in front of the blonde that's kind of like it's got the gingerbread alliteration to it so yeah ultra spiritual ginger blonde that sounds way cool
0: and then the last one one more okay and then the torture is finished what do you call a ultra spiritual
1: dog Uh, I would get, well, let's see, dog is the word God spelled forward. So would you call it dog or God? No, Zephyr. I, I think Zephyr would agree. He's laying probably two or three meters away from me on, on my office floor under a blanket. So he is not protesting. So I, I think that Zephyr thinks that you're right.
0: Yes, and I think, you know what, I, I, I really felt like Zephyr wanted to be a part of this discussion, and I felt like he was almost going to sit on your lap while we were talking sometimes. I just felt like he's here anyway, even if he's just lying there snoozing, He's metaphysically he's hovering around us going, yeah, dudes, I don't have to be on the lap to be with you.
1: <laughs> I think you're right. You know, he's physically a few meters away from me, but I think he is astrally projecting himself onto my lap. I'm not sure, maybe he'll physically project himself onto my lap later. Zephyr's got his own free will. In fact, I think Zephyr's also got my free will under control as well. He's got me trained uh, (laughs) impeccably.
0: Yeah, okay, but I'm, this ultra spiritual thing, this this blonde, the spiritual blonde thing, I really want to clarify, just in case people don't know, right? But I am that person that is a recovering control freak who's now so in the um, uh, letting go of what I'm meant to be doing, blah, 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 blah. People wonder how the hell I do what I do. But it's just because, like, I just keep turning up to do what I've been guided to do. That's it, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, who falls into, you know, two movies and then to, to be in two movies and then producing five movies on peace humanitarianism the next day, no, the same day, and then 48 hours later, realizes that their own TV show is actually being made into a movie. Like, that's a spiritual blonde man. You're just turning up, you're falling into these movies and you're not trying to do any, you're just turning up. It's it's funny, I mean, I, I just, do you find that in your life too, that you just fall into things?
1: Well, I find that I'm definitely not blonde. I mean, I've tried. But I've just, okay. got the, I've got kind of like the first and second chakra thing going with my hair, uh, but you know, I love what <laughs> you said. In fact, when I when I'm hearing you like elaborate what the term spiritual blonde means to you, that really reminds me of the movie Forrest Gump. you've probably seen it.
0: My favorite movie. It's on my Facebook. Is one of my
1: favorite movies. So it's no, proof. It. Facebook proof. Yeah. That movie. That is. I mean, that's a little bit old at this point. That's gotta be like 20 years old, maybe longer. Seems like it was just released the other day, but I digress. One of the brilliant things I love about Forrest Gump is he he's kind of like the blind man stumbling along and he just finds his way. Because to me, Forrest Gump is the archetype of the innocent. He's not outsmarting himself by by kind of like honoring where he thinks he's supposed to go, honoring what he thinks he's supposed to be doing. Instead, he's honoring what he's supposed to be doing. He's honoring where he's supposed to go, not where he thinks he's supposed to go. So to me, that's kind of like the, it represents the, I think the beautiful state of mind, which is ironically uh, a place of, you know kind of like having the ability to not think and I, I like your playful term the spiritual blind it it really speaks to that in my opinion it's kind of like allowing us to you in my opinion it's like using uh better said it's putting us in a position where we're using our mind as a slave rather than us being a slave to our mind and yeah. you know i i can also relate to that and my life and my career, when things work well, and and I've been blessed, they seem to be unfolding and blossoming uh, really nicely lately. I do feel like I'm the blind man stumbling along. I feel like this spiritual blonde where it's like there's a, a grace where things find me, probably because I'm not walking in the opposite direction, trying to fulfill my ego's agendas. And I will say, just to and my last two cents to that? Well, well, they do seem to like gracefully find me. There is a lot of hard work that I put in as well, where I'm essentially kind of like very committed to what I'm doing, And, um, and to me, that's a part of it as well. I won't pretend that I just sit around and meditate for 23 and a half hours a day, and you know things just materialize through the power of my handsomeness. Apparently it doesn't work that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to say that, Jesus. But you know, I, <laughs> I, you, I can call you that too, if you like. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I picked up on my own joke that I didn't even know I said. See, that's a spiritual blonde moment. See, I even joke about knowing it. Um. I like that,
1: telling <laughs> jokes that you don't know you're telling when you're telling jokes. Yeah.
0: And then laughing about them later, um, going, "Oh, I see that joke. That was funny." Um, but um, yeah, that's probably that's. I, I agree with what you're saying there because I feel like for me, uh, I work. I work really hard. Like, but um, because yeah, I mean, it, let's let's define hard. I guess no, that's another joke. Sorry. Let's put it up.
1: <laughs> well, if you want a definition of hard, Michelle. I... Send you a link to our website.
0: <laughs> Does it rhyme <ride> with torn? <laughs>
1: it's just um, <it's> mate.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, but um, you know, like for me, it's 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 really like um, focus, I guess. Um, you know, because if I think about working hard, it's more like um, you know I'm focused, and and there's a time to be focused, and and um, and, and even in that focused. Um, you know what? I could complicate my life so much because, for example, the other day I had an email from my, my assistant and she was like, um, I don't know, it's probably about this long with, you know, um, hey, how are you going with all these things that we've got to do? And I was like, yeah, I've done one, you know, um, but that's because spirit has prioritised that particular one. And on other days I would have done all five of them and then seven other things. So it's it's... I think it's about remaining focused on what you're guided to doing, the priority that you're guided to do it as well. And I think that's where the masculine or the, the focus, um, that yang energy, and the feminine, which is that real um, ability to go, let me just sit in that and then I will feel into what the priority is with that insofar as timing. You know, it's like the marriage of the two come together. And I think if I had that out of balance, I'd be all over the place and I would never get anything done. And I'd probably be back in the control freaky days of trying to run everything my way. And there'd be no room for spirit to give me the priorities, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, and I'm curious on that, you know, the, when you've got like the assistant sends you the list of like, okay, here's the 10 things that you've got to do at the end of the day. You say, well, I did the first one. And that's what spirit guided me to do. So I'm curious how, how you can tell, or at least your perception of how you know when it's spirit guiding you, because I, I know a part of the human condition is self-sabotage, where we procrastinate. And I think part of intelligent self-sabotage is we come up with good excuses. I mean, let's just say someone's procrastinating, they've got 10 things to do. And when they, they only do one or they do none, or whatever it is, but they don't do all 10, nobody sits there and most people don't sit there and say, well, I only did one because I'm a lazy person who gets my emotional needs met through self-sabotage. Typically will have kind of like a good excuse. And usually it's a good enough excuse that we buy into it. We buy into the rationalization. And I know a, a, a lot of kind of like my videos are shining the light on what I would call spiritualizations in the, a spiritual community where we say things that are really rationalizations to justify our ego's agenda. Sometimes that agenda is procrastination. So long story short, I would be, for my own benefit, really curious to hear as I've, I'm forming like a 20 minute long question. You can tell like I'm an expert communicator. The best way to ask someone a question is to ramble at them for 45 minutes. That's the clear <laughs> thing. So the, the, the Ram- down question with some of that context is, how do you de- distinguish between spirit guiding and um, procrastination?
0: I will walk you through my process that I had yesterday. Um, I got the email and she sent me the email um, the week before she had her eye operation, which was probably about 10 days ago now. And I said I'd get to the email because I've been filming like um, 21 recordings in the in the previous 13 working days, so I'd done a lot of I was recording a lot, um, and so I felt like her eye operation. Like I was looking at the whole situation, I was like, you know what, her eye operation's really timely because she can't do anything, um, she can't see um, un- until she healed, which was just at the end of last week. So it was kind of interesting the way the spiritual timing of all that. So when I looked at the email again yesterday and I went, okay, how much of this have I actually done? Because I had actually put a free course together. That was big enough of itself actually in the middle of recording um, all that stuff. Um, and then I saw there was all these other things that um, they, they seemed, they, seem, they are very important things, but at the same time, the energy around those things was not really feeling like it was um, calling me. I I felt like, yep, they're important. And I I, I kind of, I was having a relationship with those dot points. Does that make sense? Like I was actually feeling into them. Hmm. No, no, no. And not feeling any guilt around it. Just not right now, not right now, not right now. Then I got the message to give her a call and to actually say, hey, honey, have gone well. I looked at the list again. I've done one, it'd be great to talk through the rest. And my feeling was that insofar as having a discussion around that, again, like collaboration, like not just being my own Nazi, you know, d- control freak energy around what I think I shouldn't do and what I think I should do and just bringing that into the space, that invitation into the space for more information,
1: mm-hmm. I
0: thought that was really important as well. So it wasn't the end of the story, uh, as in not now, not this week, not, not for the next month. It was more Hmm, not right now, but I want to have a conversation about it. So there's, it's, in pro, it's a process of relating. In, in this is my short answer to my to the forty five minute answer. I just gave. It's, <laughs> it's a process of relating to the data, relating to the help, relating to the person who's asked the question, relating to myself, relating to the feeling of what I'm getting coming through. Um, that does that does that help?
1: Yeah, you know, what I really heard you, what I, what I heard you say is like the bridge of relating is the feel. I heard you say like you feel into the dot points. And I'd be curious, like I know feelings are really beyond words. I think feelings are a significantly more uh, sophisticated language than our verbal languages. Yet with that said, what, like what's it feel like to you when the dot point is like a sort of like a yes, do this right now kind of thing?
0: Yeah, I, I feel like it's really drawing me in, and um, it feels like, almost like it's taking my hand. Let's go, mm. babe. You know, it feels real. It's no different from you and I wanting to go skip down the park. Let's yeah. go skip. You want to take my hand? Let's go skip. You know, it. Yeah, it's real. It's not. It's not disassociated. However, mm. some dot points can feel like it's sla- a door slamming in your face just that moment, and you yeah.
1: too,
0: "Man, that's like oh, okay." I felt that, but I also get the, I'm, I'm lucky because I have a lot of clear audience stuff coming at the same time now, or did initially too. And it'll just be not, nah, not right now, you know, and I get it at the same time, yeah. but if it didn't have the feeling associated with it, you know, you'd question it, wouldn't you? Like, how do you know? And da, 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 da. So you got to be in your body, I reckon, to really get a full read of a situation.
1: Yeah. The, uh, I love all that. And I, I struggle with a part of that. and, and... Part of that, I don't, like the part that feels graceful to me is, you know, whether or not, like I, I'll, I'll put something on my list or calendar, my assistant will ask me about it or, you know, whatever the offer is and I'll, like, I'll get a, a pretty clear yes or no. And And I've gotten really good at honoring that and I really am not willing to, betray that. Like I the idea of saying yes to something that's my heart saying no to, like I, ooh, I can't do that anymore. Um yeah. so and even if something like doesn't feel like oh like I, I won't enjoy that, but it feels purposeful, like okay I'll do that. Like you know, email communication. Like oh it's not like joyful, but there's purpose to it. So so once I've got like, say the list and you know, things on my calendar, that's the graceful part, but here's where I struggle. I become like a bull in a China shop. Like, okay, I've got my, like my, the hell is it? Like my daily to-do list today that I've, you know, take all my appointments on my calendar as well as other th- stuff that I'm doing. And I'll put that in, I'll just be like the bull on the China shop where like I'm going to plow through this list and, it becomes kind of like a hustle mentality. And and I love the ambition of it. I love sort of the warrior masculine energy passion of it. But at the same time, it doesn't really feel greatly balanced. Like I feel like sometimes I complete my list at the expense of myself. And I'm not really in a sensitive place. Like, okay, JP, these things are on my list for today. and this list is is written on a piece of paper, not a piece of stone that's going to be like cast into the mind of God forever. So I, I find it interesting how insensitive I am to things once I get the real, yeah, I purposeful. And I think part of that for me, part of my struggle is uh, I'm sort of like a produ- productivity addict, workaholic, people pleaser that's really stems from my dysfunction ever since I was a young child of needing to earn my way into being valued, needing to earn uh, mattering. And it it really is uh, a challenge. And it's weird too. I mean, it really is a bizarre challenge because it's like everything on my list, like I would judge it to be inherently good. Like it's supportive for me and my business and the world around me and it's like helping people. And then at the same time, some of that, some of the energy driving me is dysfunctional as hell. It's like this four-year-old boy inside who's just like deep under the surface saying, yeah, I won't matter unless I do all that.
0: Yeah. Wow. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I realized I was a workaholic uh, in my early twenties. So I've been in recovery from that for now 24 years Hmm. and Occasionally I find myself sliding into that mentality of boo and not be and not having that balance. And I think like um, leading up to my trip in Bali last year, I was w- I was in that energy of I've got to get this done, I've got to get this finished, I've gotta to, gotta to, gotta to, gotta. You know, I was in that energy. Yeah. And when I when it took me like three days in Bali to uncoil my my tightness. And I even warned my family, I said, guys, I'm freaking wound up like a freaking yeah! You know, and, <laughs> and, and I, I, it's not nice to catch yourself yeah. in that space. It's not nice. And when I got back from Bali, it was really interesting because some of the guidance that came through straight away from me was only work from 10 to 4, and that's it. And, and I had some really strict boundaries around it for a long time, for months. And, you know, and, now, and then that helped me to really, like, prioritise my time, like, really super duper. I had to let things go. Like I had literally had to let like big chunks of things that I was doing to, to go and to just focus on what is really what i 'm being called to do, so it really helped me get clear on that, and then after that i 've been working from ten till about five um, if you don 't count going for my morning run and meditating on my day as as work because you know you could count anything as work right yeah. um, it, yeah,
1: like goal. it it preps you to be yeah. centered present, energized so. I definitely yeah. feel on that, yeah.
0: Yeah, but it's like I think um, the intention behind our work calls us to uh, task to to notice um, well any unhealed bits for us, yeah. and it, and it feels to me like that's an that's an ongoing journey. It's like you know, in the way we work, how much we work, um, especially if we've got these tendencies to to work a lot. And I, don't, I certainly, I don't know about you, but I don't wanna burn out and I wanna keep going. And I feel like I have things in balance now that I'm not burning out. I mean, yeah. even last week, good example was I planned to, after my recording, Spirit said to me, and, and I listened and I blocked the days off my calendar, right? do not book anything on these two dates. Now, one day, was Thursday last week, was Australia Day because we're recording in January. It was January the 26th. And the following day was January the 27th. And I was told weeks prior, do not book anything on these dates. And Friday turned up. And I was like, what the hell? But I've got this, you know, you know I had already told you about the list, didn't I, right? Didn't look at the list. That was not at all what I was, Do not open your computer, you know? this is not about work today at all. And I was like, okay, what am I doing? You know? Okay. Yeah. That, that was a weird day, you know, unplanned day, no work. And I just turned up for it. Now that was cool. Like that's therapy for a workaholic.
1: Yeah. That, that sounds like I'm in touch with my uh, workaholic dysfunction that, uh infects a part of me and hearing about that like that sounds freeing and scary it's like wow you just you did nothing for the day and yeah and it's like i notice like it's i don't know just notice it's blatant for me like the the pace that i've been going it's not sustainable you mentioned like what's sustainable and i've been going at a sprint pace honestly for longer than you can sprint so i'm i'm not sustainable and it's it's weird for me weird confusing and bizarre that it's hard for me to tell the difference between what i should be doing to have a sustainable you know work and purposeful expression versus what i should let fall away because you know the rationalizations that my mind comes up with you know, are troubling, one, because some of them are absolutely true and others of them are absolutely true, but I should ignore anyway. It's like truth has this tantalizing seduction to it. It's like, I'm not stupid and most people aren't stupid who self-sabotage in their own way. It, it's like, we'll use rationalizations to justify our behavior that are true because those are the believable ones if we use ones that are completely fictitious like we're smarter than that we're not going to buy into it so like i look at you know my schedule right now it's so easy to justify like i my book is launching so packing in so many interviews and book launch products along with you know the video work that i'm doing Uh, speaking in performances that I've got coming up it's easy to look like yes that's all like this for the book phase this is all good stuff and it might be true but there's another part of me is like well is it true I don't know is that just my rationalizations so one thing's for sure Michelle I know I'm dysfunctional as hell I'm at least happy about it and I'm doing my best to
0: Sounds like another book though. That's cool. I always say our dysfunction is fodder for a book. So awesome stuff.
1: Yeah. In fact, I think if a book's not based on dysfunction, it's just a boring, shallow book anyway. I think, <laughs> you know, beauty is born in dysfunction for sure. Mm.
0: But I think it's great that you like had the realization of it because... Um, you know, like I can relate to that because when, just before Bali, I was in all that rationalization. I have to get this done. I was part of the Hay House World Summit. I had stuff to do. I had to, I was part of, um, you know, doing my magazine had to be done. Like before I left, like it couldn't not be done. I had someone on the front cover, blah, 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 you know, rationalization. Of course all that had to be done. Um, I think of it is, uh, when I got back the realisation was I really need to seriously plan my time differently so that it is sustainable. And I feel like, I know in my early days of recovery from workaholism, I would, on a Saturday morning, I would actually block out like two hours where I hadn't planned anything. It wasn't yoga time. It wasn't journal time. It wasn't anything time. it It didn't have a name. It was just a a block, a blank block. (laughs) I mean, I've progressed now to be able to do that in a a whole day occasionally and go, oh, my God. Um, But it was so cool. And I'd turn up for it. And you know what? It just felt like someone had given me the biggest present anyone could ever give me. And it might actually sound scary when you're looking at it from here over to there. But when you turn up for it, because there's a part of you that actually just doesn't wanna to have to do anything for anyone at all, at all do, 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 do. It's such a cool, a cool thing to give yourself.
1: For sure. I mean, to me, that's, that's kind of like the definition of playfulness, spontaneity and not having a plan. I think the structure, planning, like those are cool things. But when they dominate our lives, our inner child, our, our playful nature, it gets caged in. So, you know, I think there's a reason why, you know, in schools, children have recesses. It's like school, there's a lot of structure and then, okay, go outside and play. There's no plan. The only plan is to not have a plan, go play, be spontaneous. And uh, I think the illusion is that just children need that. I think sometimes when we acquire a grown-up body and it, you know, acquires more wisdom, if you will, uh, in ages, uh, you know, we get tricked. We, we trick ourselves into believing that we're not still a child just because we're not inside of a kid's body. I think just like a, a tree in nature, we just add on. We still have a child's self. It won't go anywhere. We also have acquired an adult self psychologically and uh, physically. And to me, that's just like a tree in the sense that if you cut a tree down, which I don't recommend doing the world needs more trees, not cut down. But if you cut a tree down, you see like, okay, the tree has 30 rings in it. That means the tree is 30 years old. How cool. And when you look at the innermost rings, you say, that's the tree's childhood. It's been inside this whole time. Hasn't gone anywhere. You just don't see it when you look at the tree from the surface. You know, someone might not see Michelle's childhood when they look at you from the surface. Might not be true for you because you always look very playful in my experience. I think it's wonderful. But nonetheless, when we look beyond the surface and actually quit hypnotizing ourselves into believing that we are uh, who we see. So, you know, I think we're way more than what we see of ourselves. Just like the tree, we have our playfulness, our childlike self, still inside of us and I'm hearing you testify like yeah when you give that part of you permission to live yeah it works well for you and I think that part of us it doesn't live in a highly structured environment other parts of us live and thrive in that just like a dolphin if you throw it in the middle of a desert pretty soon it's not going to be living there just like a inner child you throw it in the middle of a cage it's not going to be living there for too long but when you put the dolphin in water, wow, now it's living. It's awesome. Uh, same thing with our inner child and the unplanned playground, if you will. And I think we, you know, we're, I think we're both, we're, we're both land and sea creatures in this metaphor, at least where, you know, we need to be the dolphin playing in the ocean sometimes. And then we need to be the Uh, you know, expressing other dimensions of our life on the land. So I don't think when we're, you know, on the land doesn't kill our dolphin unless we always stay there. When we're being an adult, it doesn't kill our inner child unless we stay rooted in the land of grown-up hood forever. I think part of life is being dynamic. And to me, it's just kind of like you mentioned sustainability. And to me, that means balance. Just like when you watch someone surfing, they're, you know, the surfer who looks like they're in balance, they're constantly adjusting left, right, forward, back and, you know, in three dimensions, which means they're dynamic. Their ability to be dynamic left and right, forward, back, up and down, that's, that's what allows them to be in balance. But if a surfer gets stuck in just one direction, always being the adult, that's what throws them out of balance. Yeah. And nonetheless. I mean, being in balance is always uh, a present moment phenomenon. It'd be fun if we could just like be like, oh, yeah, I achieved balance. Now I'm balanced. It's like, yeah, I might be balancing well today, but that doesn't mean I'll automatically be well balanced tomorrow. I think we have to be present and mindful with how we are the next day. And I also find, before I get off my soapbox, that what is balancing for us one day might push us out of balance the next day and I think that's part of the beauty of how life seemingly is always calling us to pay attention in the present moment not pay attention to the moment of yesterday what worked for us today or not be present with what we think will work tomorrow but be present like right now what do I need right now how am I right now
0: yeah and I think that the more present we are in the right now, the more we can tune into what we're going to need in the future as well. Like there's an irony in that. And there's also an irony in the fact that we have this child within us and we have a parent and we can slip over into the parent too much. But if we're going to parent, be a parent, an adult effectively, then we're going to actually recognise what the child needs before it needs it too. And so I think that there's a real, there's a real art, a mastery to, to, to being a, a parenting properly, you know, um, mm-hmm. that, the, the, that creating that space is just as important. And I feel like, you know, that is such an irony when you think of it, because the child likes to play, and it existed before the adult came on board, because we were children before we, we, we you know, created this adult um, personality. But at the same time, the adult has to remember the child, so it's it keeps it alive, and the child's not you know flipping around like a dolphin in the desert. I'm going, "Hey, baby, get me your bloody waiting pool! I need water." <laughs> um, so yeah, I, 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 you know what? I, I feel like what the message coming through is that um, you know we are continually fine tuning JP because you know you stepped from. And you know, your story on our front cover last September, you know, talked about your journey, about how you were feeling like, even though you'd been doing the spiritual work for a while, you'd sort of felt solace um, and, and you needed something. You needed creative, you needed to channel what you're doing in a creative way. And it's like, you've you've transitioned across to that. This is how I'm reading the situation. It's, you've transitioned across to that. You've incorporated that creativity with what you're doing. And then, of course, there's this now mastery of I'm doing what I'm doing so I can justify working all the time because we could.
1: That's it, yeah.
0: <laughs> we so could because half the time it doesn't feel like work. Like, does this feel like work? Come on. I mean, it, okay. it doesn't, but at the same time, the inner child's probably saying, yeah, but I'd rather watch Netflix, you know, or you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> or go through, throw, like, poop at my neighbor's house, kind of like get yeah. in t- touch with my yeah. child monkey.
0: Oh, totally put this in Bethany, you know, yeah. you know, I mean, whatever. So, you know, I think it's like, it, it, where are that. And I think people watching will relate to this because I've got a lot of people tuning into enlightened conversations that are doing this work. And I feel like these are the kind of conversations that need to be said, you know, how, when you step into what you're meant to be doing, do you still stay humble enough to be able to say, you know what, it's still sliding into an area I'm not kind of happy about. So obviously I've got to address that um as part of the longevity of sustaining what i really enjoy doing
1: yeah it's a good question i think you know for me a big part of like continuing to honor what feels most purposeful following my heart and therefore like yeah, noticing when i'm sliding somewhere that's ooh, not aligned i've had to learn to say no yeah. and uh, you know sometimes saying no is uh to new opportunities that come to me some of them are great opportunities it's just it doesn't feel like a yes i don't feel lighter when i think about it and it has nothing to do with hard work i'm not afraid of hard work um it just is this a yes or a no for me is this aligned with the north star of my heart and it's weird i find like it's very it's always easy to say no to crappy things but the challenge, part of the challenge for me has been learning to say no to great things, uh, which is really like kind of like, uh, I don't know, a deeper way of honoring myself. And then I've also had to learn to say no to things that I once said yes to. The things that even when, when, even when I said yes to them, they were very purposeful and aligned with my true North in that moment, in that time and you know for example for me for the past 15 years i've the the majority of my work has been with one-on-one clients doing emotional healing work and it's like wow that's so purposeful i've get gotten so much out of it so much growth myself and uh, a few weeks ago i f- just finally got clarity. I think the message had been knocking at my door for a while, but I was finally ready to not just listen but act on it. But the message was, it's time for me to move beyond my client work. So saying no to client work now. I mean, I've got a couple months worth of clients that were already in my schedule, which I'll honor those appointments, and they'll really enjoy it. But it's it's like a jump off the cliff to act. wow. I'm saying no to something I've been saying yes to with so much passion and authority. And it's given me so much benefit to me. It, it's almost like the, the, the toddler, if the toddler were to say no to the breast, wow, that's what's been nurturing me. That's what's been giving me a connection. And now I'm saying no to it. It's like, maybe the, the, guardian angel of the toddler says yeah you're allowed to say no because that's helping you say yes to something even better for you something more nurturing for you and um yeah so that essentially I, and by the way i sound like a toddler with what works for me no saying no 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 like <laughs> become the terrible tooth but but that's learning to say no especially for me because i'm a people pleaser in recovery. Pe- mantra of a people pleaser says, yes, I will be what you need me to be. I will do whatever I think I need to do in order to be valued uh, by you. And If it's all at the expense of me, that's fine. I'll completely give myself away in order to please you. Uh, ugh, that's uh, gotta go beyond that. So I think that some of what's helped me, and I'd be curious, your question, or your answer or your question for the same question. I'd love to hear what works for you. Um,
0: I feel like for me, I'm not saying no to something ever. I'm actually only ever saying yes to what I know is for my highest good. Because if I, if I think of it, like I'm saying no, it's like, it's almost like a negative, but if I, or, you know, it's not that no is negative at all. And I, I do say, I actually say the words no. Um, but what I, what I mean is that the, the way I frame it in my head is I'm saying yes to me. I'm saying I, yes to my calling and also sure. yes to the next spiritual stretch, which might be scary and unknown. Like I shared with you before we came on air about letting go of my radio job before I knew what I was doing, you know, and then, and then this arrived, this TV show arrived. It's like, oh, okay. But saying, like, taking that, creating that space um, because you know you need to create the space for it before it'll come in. It's like you, you take that yes leap, you know?
1: I like that. Yeah, I really like the how you frame, like, saying no to something or someone. And those are the literal words spoken, but that's a way of saying yes to yourself. And I love that, honouring your truth. And that definitely... Uh, That's how it is for me too. I just hadn't put it in the uh, elegant words of Michelle before.
0: Well, you know, just um, straightening the blonde hair.
1: It's the spiritual (laughs) blonde thing.
0: You know, all those people who knocked me with my looks or whatever. There you go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I have a question for you, seeing as we're on this topic of yes. What have you said yes to lately that is coming up for you that you want to share to people with people so that they know what they can say yes to too?
1: Well, that's a great question. Uh, You know, a couple of things come to my mind. I mean, relatively recently, uh, I mean, a while ago at this point, I said yes to the the book project, which is so scary for me. Like, oh, write a book. Ooh, ooh, haven't done that before. That's scary. Uh, But that's a yes for me. So, and I put my heart and soul into it. And I'm so thankful that JP of yesteryear had the, the courage to honor his yes. And then also recently, I've learned to say uh, yes to relationships. About a year ago, uh, the girlfriend I was with for I don't know, two and a half years, give or take, her and I broke up. And then at that time, you know, there was so much work opportunities and just amazing stuff coming my way. It was where uh, I said to myself, you know, I don't have the capacity for a relationship. I don't want to devote the time and attention to it. And it, and I, I I can't slash. I'm not willing to give a woman what she would really deserve to have as far as time and attention. And I think that. That was kind of legit for a while, but I think that mindset has um, expired for me. Uh, so in early January this year, I just, you know, I had feelings come up in me where I was like, okay, I now I can say yes to a relationship. I'm not in one yet, but there's this space for if and when the right connection comes along. Uh, right. That's yeah. cool. I'm
0: celebrating. I am celebrating. that I think relationships are so cool. And when you can share what you're doing with someone, they build you up and they really encourage what you're doing and they bring out the best in you and support you. It's just, that's an awesome like part of relationship. You know, I've, I've yeah. been with Tony for like years and it's been awesome to be able to share that with someone. I mean, I would do it anyway. Cause I remember like, my previous relationship I stepped out because I was like I can't, I'm not free to be me like completely me. Yeah. I don't feel built up I don't feel, I don't feel like that person really sees who I am or when I step up into who I am more they don't they miss it it's like hmm. uh-huh. and so it's cool when you've got someone there who's going I see you and guess what and then some I see some more like you know it's it's a, it's a very nourishing experience to have a witness like that so, so, side by side. So I, yeah. I'm celebrating with my friend and also good to, good to have sexy times too. That's always
1: awesome. It, it is. Uh, it appears <laughs> to be a part of life and uh, the human exploration, which I like that. It's good to have sexy times too, keeping it real. I so agree with you. Yeah. And I love hearing how you guys have the um, you know, the mutual support. I've had past relationships and I'll sound like, oh, it's all the woman's fault. It's like, I've, I've got my part of it too. I don't want to just sound like the the blaming victim. My experience with some past relationships I've been in is that not only was I not supported uh, in, in expressing my purpose and doing the work that I do, I feel as though like that started to become something the, the lady would be fighting against. Where it it was almost like when when I was spending time and attention, it, you know, doing the the purpose of my work, it's like she would start to see like, well, that makes me feel less important about myself. So I'd start to get a lot of resistance against me doing my work, and to me, that's that's almost suffocating. It's like having someone start to put their hands over my nose and mouth and like resisting me breathing it's like you know my work i i feel very blessed to say i i feel clicked into my purpose so my work is part of my oxygen it's part of my breathing for my heart and soul and uh a while ago i was uh, having dinner with a just a such a beautifully wise woman her name is tammy simon she's the uh, founder of Sounds True, the publishing company that's doing my book. And um, her and I were just talking about relationships. And and I was sharing some of this with her about my past uh, relationships. And she she's like, you know how sometimes the wisest things are the simplest, most obvious things. It's like there's so much power in simplicity. But I was blind to it. And she said, JP, you need to get clear on wanting a woman who will support you rather than work against you uh someone who will be your biggest cheerleader rather than someone uh you know kind of against your work someone who you have to kind of fight uh to have the space to do your work and i'm like what the hell's wrong with me how come i haven't thought of that and and then, you know, it, it kind of got me thinking, just getting curious about myself. Well, why, why has my just unconscious reactive mindset been fine relationships where my work and my passion, not only am I not supported and cheered for, but it's like, that's seen as the enemy. And, mm. And I, I, well, I don't know the answers for sure. Some of what I've gotten curious about is how the energy of conflict is something familiar enough from my childhood that it's comfortable and familiar, and therefore I get a sense of safety out of the familiarity of it. And even though the conflict is uncomfortable, I get a comfort out of the discomfort of it simply because it's familiar. So it's like, yeah, okay. Uh, having some of my adult relationships driven by a very young wounded child uh, addiction to the discomfort that I've still not processed, I guess that's something that I don't want to be stuck in. So it was really cool to get some clarity and insight about that.
0: You know I have to disagree with you because Uh
1: I really... I'm getting ready to disagree with your disagreement. I feel the conflict coming in on the <laughs> Let's hear it, sister.
0: Uh, you know, I really feel like you've been working your shit so hard um, that you have been processing by, by um, activating your purpose. And you have been, now that you've done that, um, that is why you feel ready to have someone come in. And that is why nice. you've, now attracted somebody who's had the conversation with you to say this is what you need because you're ready to hear it. You have been doing it. You have been living it. You're even at the point where you are wanting to bring it back into a bit of balance because you know you don't have to do it in order to be okay. Because you know that's that's another aspect that needs to be healed. So you're even dealing with that component. You're dealing with the part that that person represented. You're dealing with that within yourself now, right? The resentful part. So you're you're dealing with all of that. Like you're working it, honey. I'm just in. I'm just watching it from afar, going, "You're rocking it. You're really rocking it." So um, I can't not see someone come into your life. Like it's going to be like, not only that, but when they come into your life, you're going to actually go, "Hell yeah!" Rather than "eh." You, you know, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it because you've been doing that for you for the past 18 months or two years, you've actually been doing that for you. You've been committing to your purpose.
1: I like that perspective. Thank you for shining your light my way. That, yeah, that's cool to see and feels good to see.
0: Yeah, Mm. and validating what you're doing every step of the way. Because sometimes we think we've got to go into a meditation to process, um, to integrate a part back into our lives. And all the while, the actual steps that you're making every single day in action and all the choices you're making jp and the honesty even on this show talking about your honest relationship with a part of you that wants to stop sometimes and just be and all that's actually live processing that's Mm. live processing that's that's transparency that's shame reduction work that's that you're putting it out there for everybody to see so it's massive it's massive and I, I, I want to thank you for that because there's so many people that can benefit from hearing you say all of that like real-time processing stuff. Cause sometimes mm. we wait till we've processed it and then we share it and go, Oh yeah, I went through this cool process and da, 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 da. And now I popped, out popped me, da, da. Um, <laughs> I like real-time processing. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for all of that wise lady. And I, I like the your term real-time processing. To me, that's like that really honors the significance of life. Where like, yeah, whether it's in a meditation or a deliberate healing exercise, awesome stuff happens there. We we probably do process a lot. And the message I got from you is our healing doesn't just happen when we're doing healing when we think we're healing and it's kind of like, I think sometimes we learn the most when we don't know we're learning. It's like sitting in a classroom, that's like, okay, deliberate learning. But honestly, I think we always learn more when we don't know we're learning, when we're having an experience. And you know, one of your messages that I heard is kind of like aligning with your purpose has more purpose to it than what we think it does and part of aligning with our purpose is it kind of like clicks us into calibrate with more healing that's going on below the surface because maybe we're living our metaphors we're projecting our past unresolved stuff onto the hero's journey of what's being laid out in front of me with these purposeful tasks so i might not be literally talking about the wound from when I was five years old, first day of kindergarten, but I may metaphorically be experiencing that and walking through it with new courage and finding the feelings as I'm saying yes to something that scares the heck out of me saying yes to a book deal. Even though just like the five-year-old, like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if anybody's going to like me. I don't know if I'm going to get approval. So yeah, that, that's, I love that. Actually, just hearing your words, it makes me feel like, yeah, it makes me feel more appreciation for what I would call normal life.
0: Oh, that's cool. Mm. Hey, also, also, I'm being called to tell you something because I feel like if you watch this back, it'll help you with your ability to receive. Okay. So, if I was single, I'd go out with you.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: There you go. There you go. See, see. There's plenty of cool chicks that would say yes, and they would support like what you're doing. There you go.
1: I like that. Yeah, and thank you for having me on this dating game show. Uh, I can't <laughs> wait. to be fun. <laughs> so it's a little I think- bit
0: incestuous. Really, is a bit incestuous, isn't it? Because you're kind of like my brother. But anyway, I think it's really good shame reduction. Where it's like, yeah, let him, baby. Yeah, she'd go out with him. Yeah, okay, let's go.
1: <laughs> no, I and mean, yeah i do appreciate hearing that that's beautiful
0: yeah there's i think there's plenty of people who see you jp and i think when we take the blinkers off um and then we actually see what we can create space for spirit makes it possible to have a awesome career slash what we're meant to be doing life purpose and room for another being to share that with so yeah you know if you've got like some picking up there might be some stuff around that like oh how could i fit it all in it's like don't worry about that it'll all just be easy
1: yeah i and i'm definitely picking up what you you picked up how you know that how will i fit it all in because i look at you know kind of like when i'm home you know at my home rather than traveling present day it's like yeah, i i live by myself with the magical zephyr so i he and i it's my beautiful dog but i i oftentimes i'm i'm in work mode essentially from when i wake up to when i go to bed and you know i eat i exercise i do my self-care which like we said earlier part of me views that as like well that sets me up to do good work but anyway we'll leave that to another so I look at that. I'm like, yeah. How would I fit in a relationship? However, it's like these feelings I found uh, in in January. I was uh, at a retreat in Costa Rica. There was just this this woman. There was a wonderful connection, and it's like, wow. I feel feelings that I sort of forgot existed, and like these feelings like they're powerful, like, yes. guess there's the dopamine rush and all the kind of like make you blind infatuation, But there 's something more powerful than that, and it's like there's a w- wisdom there that's that's like, okay, worry about fitting it all in isn't part of the equation because if there's a redistribution of my, I'm talking to my inner work ethic, redistribution redistribu- of my time allotment during the day that's okay, because it'll be redistributed in things that not only feel really good, they probably even feel better, deeper and more fulfilling, more connecting than just what I'm doing now. So it's like, yeah, not to worry.
0: Oh, yeah, no, it's it's so good. And like, if anything like me and Tony, like at the end of our Friday, like, we have Friday night wind down and we have a pizza night. We make our own pizzas. We dance around the lounge room. We talk about the week that was, and it all like integrates and like, it's not, it's not hard work. Relat- I don't think relationships are that hard work. I think they, I think we think they are, but they're actually easy and they support us and make things easier. But they're only hard work if we haven't committed to ourselves the level that we want someone else to commit to us. And so I find my relationship makes my life even easier and my work life easier, not harder. So I think there's a, a belief system we have, our relationships are so hard, blah, blah, blah. And it's rubbish. And I remember when I first, when I first um, before I met Tony, I said to my girlfriend, we had a phone call, and I said, I want easy. I put my order in for easy, JP, and I got it. I got it. <laughs>
1: You know, is it, it's interesting. Some of the, like, again, like the, the how much wisdom is found in simplicity. What I heard you say is relationships that won't work are very hard to make work. Kind of like impossible. But relationships that are a very good fit. Relationships that are essentially impossible to fail, those have easy flow to them. I like exactly. that, you know, whatever, like impossible to fail means, whether that relationship is destined to be a year, yeah. two years, a month, a lifetime, not for me to say, but yeah, I love the wisdom and that simplicity.
0: <laughs> well, I'd love to have you on the show. It's the, the hour has just gone by so quickly. It's ridiculous. And it, uh,
1: has. it is ridiculous. It's a little bit of a kind of like an act of vengeance from God that the hour has gone by so fast.
0: Oh, see, that's what happens. Like, I mean, enlightened conversations are awesome, aren't they? Because, like, they just, you're safe to be whoever you are. And then there's probably people watching going, oh, we don't want it to end either because we felt safe to be who we were, even though they weren't actually here in our conversation. But I can feel them unlocking and activating as they're listening and they're part of it. So I know it's kind of hard to say goodbye to the end of an enlightened conversation, but we can continue it from afar. This enlightened conversation will continue, I'm sure.
1: I like that. Let's uh, do a little astral travel, Michelle, and I'll meet you in Hawaii.
0: Oh, that sounds a bit like cheating. I'm not sure, JP.
1: Well, bring Tony. (laughs) Bring Tony. He sounds awesome. I'd love to hang with him, too.
0: Apparently, he said anything I do in my dream dream time is fine, so it's all (laughs) right.
1: That's funny you mentioned that. I know we're out of time and I'm still rambling. A friend of mine, he and I always talk about dreams. We both do dream work with a, the same dream therapist, actually. and And he was telling me how his girlfriend got furious at him because he had a dream where he was cheating on her. It was like, I, I don't think our minds generate dreams. I think our minds receive dreams from, from a higher consciousness. So anyway, he woke up and he and his girlfriend, they two discussed their dreams. She got mad at him for having a dream where he was cheating on her. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, it is interesting. Well,
1: Controlling um, too. Uh,
0: yes, and people. But, I mean, gosh, we could continue to talk about, like, everything. For all time, I think, um, easy peasy. But just before you go, just make sure people um, can find you and the best, the best website they can get you on is um, probably um, your AwakenWithJP.com, uh, isn't it?
1: Yeah, AwakenWithJP.com. Uh, you'll find me there and all my social media uh, handles awake. are AwakenWithJP, so that's the best place to either find me or avoid me.
0: <laughs> yeah that's right all right thank you and I, I certainly won't be avoiding you brother i love you and thank you for joining me
1: i love you too michelle thank you for having me on you're welcome.